Let's get jiggy with it right here on the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I am so jazzed about having this conversation with my next guest, John Ringo. He's joining me here today. For many of you, you hear the name John Ringo. I know you know who I'm talking about. Uh, But for me, I get to chat with someone that probably had the kind of dreams I had when I was younger. Maybe watch the same television shows. Who knows? But he's nationally recognized best-selling author and authority on science fiction. He had visited, uh, probably this is old data, but over 23 countries and attended 14 schools by the time he graduated high school. It left him with an incredible appreciation of oneness of humanity. He's joining us here today uh, after a much accomplished Uh, I I could go on and on and just spend the entire half hour talking about what he's accomplished. But today we're talking about uh, one of these conversations, Are We All Becoming Geeks? I love this. We're talking about science fiction, how popular it's become, and what is it with us people that from day one thought the only movie on the place of the planet, on the face of the planet, was The Crawling Eye. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. Do you remember that one? As a kid. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, you know, it's really interesting. You know, when I mentioned that, I mentioned it the other day. I did a show because we were talking about being a geek, and I had no idea there was even such a term growing up. I don't know. Did you? Did you know there was such a term? Um, there, really, there really was not that much of the term in, in my era growing up. Um, is to the extent that there was, the term was nerd. And that actually started around, that was sometime in the 1970s, the first time that I heard the term nerd, um, late 70s. Um, but, uh, you know, geek came into, uh, of course, geek is a, a very, very old term, but it, it refers to, uh, to Carney, who would bite the heads off of live chickens. Um, you know, so it's, it's an old term, but it's, it's application to people who are, mentally focused as opposed to physically focused is is fairly recent. Yes, yes, and quite popular. You know, it seems like we have taken... Uh, a conversation about people, whether it's a nerd. I mean, the bottom line, when I was growing up, you know, if I because I put my two different socks on, they, the people looked at me and said, "There's something wrong with you, girl. There is absolutely something wrong with you." And yeah, there was nothing wrong with me. I didn't feel there was. And you know, sitting down and and watching some of the things I watched on television, and you know, during math lecture, I'd be uh, doodling or drawing pictures of some uh, Marvel comic character. And yet here we are in the world, and we're so now honoring that group of people in our culture that we have come to known as nerds, geeks, whatever you want to call them. What is all of this about? Well, from my perspective, it's, it's very much an issue of follow the money. Um, oh, okay. TV and, and movies and everything else have, over the years, uh, attempted to do science fiction on a fairly regular basis, because sometimes it does extraordinarily well. I mean, Star Wars, you know, is, is just the most amazing franchise in the world at this point. Um, but most of the time it does not, it, it had not done very well from a financial perspective. 
Um, even, you know, people talk about Star Trek. Well, Star Trek was a flop. Um, the fact that it stayed on the, the network as long as it did was surprising. What brought it back was the rapidity of fans. But over the years, there's been more and more of a shift from the industrial age, where the, the, you know, the, the main person who was held up as the icon of the industrial age was the mill worker. Um, and they were people who did things repetitively every day. They did not engage their brains a lot. Um, and when they came home, they didn't want to. Uh, they wanted to sit down and, and watch Happy Days and, you know, I Love Lucy. You, you listen to them for a while, and then you laugh. You listen to them for a while, and then you laugh. Now you have shows like Law, which are starting to come in and are doing tremendously well, even 24. These are shows where you really have to think when you're watching it. You cannot turn your brain off and watch Law. There's no point. <laughs> um, so they're more adjusted for people who are, you know, happy with sitting there and trying to figure out a puzzle, which is what a lot of IT is about. So now, these days, the person that you hold up as like the iconic American worker in this day and age is an IT person. That's the difference. Now people are using their brains more and more to make more money. It's, a, it's really a function of follow the money. And we see this so much, and when you talk about this on television, it's just, it's from, from heroes popping out of the gate and being such a phenomenal hit in its first season and then fans getting disappointed in the second season. It's, it's as if people are paying so close attention to the detail of how these shows and how books are written. You know, you just can't slap a book together anymore and try to push it over on a population of people and create a bestseller. No, not not at all. It's uh, the one of the things that is very very much confusing the the, the traditional conservative, if you will, um, members of the of uh, the entertainment industry. One of the things that they don't understand is the and I hate to use this term, but it's an actual correct term: the paradigm shift in the nature of their customers. Mm -hmm. um, a few years ago, there were a lot of articles about what happened to the adult male. Um, one of the major, one of the major financial demographics is 18 to 35 year old males, and 18 to 35 year old males had disappeared from television and had disappeared from the uh, from from movies. I mean, they just weren't watching TV. They weren't watching movies, and they were like, "Well, where are they?" Well, the reason they weren't watching TV and they weren't watching movies is because people were were writing the same old, same old, and these guys were playing World of Warcraft. They were, they were gaming online. That's where they were. Well, now they're starting to produce TV shows that are drawing this 18 to 35-year-old demographic, male demographic, back. And they're exploding. And then they're going, you know, well, you know, we'll just keep doing the same thing or we'll come out with something that looks like it but doesn't have the same intelligence to it so that we can draw in some of the, you know, the regular people. It doesn't work. They have to be smart. They have to be convincing. And that's really messing with Hollywood. Well, and, and I think that aren't we all part of what you said? Let's go back to the, one of the first things you said, and that is follow the money. And when we look at follow the money, it, it goes beyond television radio. It goes into every gadget we pick up. You know, cell phones that people, you know, get and they say this is not automated enough. It's not high tech enough. <laughs> and so we go on and on and on with this. Yeah. I mean, we I don't mean, even want to hold the cell phone anymore. You know, and, and, and there are a lot of people out there who say, well, I'm not a geek. 
And I go, well, what do you do for a living? And they're like, well, you know, I'm a CIO. Um, so, um, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the guys that I know who is so far in advance of me from the point of view of, you know, being familiar with IT, I mean, his, the, I won't get into specifically what his job is because it's, it's one of those jobs. Um, but he is, uh, you know, he's so far in advance of IT for me. Um, he's a guy who goes to goth clubs, really enjoys the goth lifestyle, off, you know, when he's not when he's not in a thousand dollar suit, he's wearing kilt, okay? And he's a former SEAL OIC. Now, this guy is the modern geek. You, it doesn't mean that, you know, you wear Coke bottle glasses because we've got LASIK. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. I mean, I, but this is what we're talking about. We're actually shifting yeah. our perspectives on things. Uh, you know, these days, it doesn't matter what your golf score is. Uh, unless you're in sales, then it still matters. These days, what matters is whether you can figure out your BlackBerry or not. That's a you challenge. Know? Yeah, oh, God, it's never a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it is, it's just this huge paradigm shift, and really, we're only in the beginning of it. This is going to become more and more of an issue as time goes by. I see two generations down the road it's it finally starting to affect uh, the, the, the social culture of, uh, you know, pre, before you get into the employment environment. Um, but it'll take about two generations for that to happen, where it will become less about whether your stocks match than whether you can figure out your BlackBerry or the equivalent that, you know, down the road. Exactly. I mean, what I used to consider science fiction growing up is actually manifested in the life we live today i mean if we go back and i made reference to a movie called the crawling eye of course i grew up with that movie and the, for those of you that are listening to the show if you go back to some of these movies that were made what in the 50s maybe even some of them before that uh you know you're looking at black and white what we used to call science fiction you know there wasn't a whole lot of grueling slice some dice some horror movies that i remember and so when we look at this age of science fiction, you know, John, aren't we looking now at many of these weirdo things we saw in the movie? I actually see people carrying them around in their cars right now today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it's the, 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 the thing that always comes up is the flip phone. Okay. It's the Star Trek communicator. Face it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I worked in sales, um, uh, you know, retail sales when the first StarTech, Motorola StarTech came out, and that was what it was called, um, and it was a flip phone, and it was called the StarTech. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me that was not a direct reference, okay? And I looked at this thing, and I went, hey, it's the communicator. <laughs> um, well, but, you know, these days, you know, Captain Kirk never played solitaire on his communicator. You know, we've gone beyond a lot of the things that were come up with in science fiction, and certainly in the IT field. Um, you look at the 1950s science fiction, you know, discussing IT, and even up into the 1960s, and I remember uh, there's a, a little-known but actually quite good uh, science fiction story called uh, The Cosmic Computer, also uh, Junkyard Planet. It's been published under a few names by H.B. Piper. And part of the whole thing was that there was this supercomputer that was hidden on this planet. It was in military, leftover relic military supercomputer that could, you know, figure out all these things about the future and yada, yada, yada. Um, 
And, uh, you know, they couldn't find this thing. And they were really surprised that they couldn't find it because, and when they did finally find it, it was pretty much, it was inside of a, a mesa, okay? But it was pretty much the whole mesa. But their actual description of its computing power ah. <laughs> was lower than a Pentium. <laughs> <laughs> well, we certainly have come a really long way. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, my guest John Ringo and I, we're going to be talking about what it means to be living in this day and age and how the how movies like The Matrix are are they changing our perspective? How how do we absorb these movies? Is it more than just the violence that we take in? When we come back, we'll be talking about that and much more with my guest, John Ringo. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you tired of treating your animal companions with toxic drugs? Do chronic, degenerative, or disabling conditions affect your horse's or pet's quality of life? Quantum Healing, created by Dr. Susan Seeley, with over 25 years as a veterinarian and 40 in the equestrian field, brings hope of true health and healing for your pet or equine companion. Visit QuantumVet.com. Learn how Quantum Healing can benefit your animal companion. That's QuantumVet.com. There is within you a power so great that you discover in the one command. This revolutionary new book is taking thousands to success in moments. The one command stops your negative thoughts in their tracks. In this teaching, you are able to reach naturally and easily into the deepest levels of yourself and make remarkable changes in your life. Go to commandingwealth.com and start your new rich future now. Order the one command at commandingwealth.com. Are you one of the millions of frustrated people who can't take off weight or keep it off on a low-fat or low-calorie diet? It's hard, isn't it? Well, don't despair another day. The Sugar-Free Miracle Diet is the answer to your prayers. I'm Karen Bentley, and I lost 130 pounds on this program. I'm also the founder and CEO of the Sugar-Free Miracle Diet Company. Go to SugarFreeMiracle.com, that's SugarFreeMiracle.com, and get started today. Do you want a better relationship to achieve outstanding business and career goals or to improve your health and fitness? You have the answers. All the power you need is within you. Personal transformation is about a solid foundation in the workings of the conscious and unconscious mind with a seminar or training that gets you high and keeps you there. Contact the Empowerment Partnership and unlock your hidden potential. Call 1-800-800-MIND or visit NLP.com. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. Ladies, your soul is whispering to you. Are you listening? Imagine a woman's magazine dedicated to your inner journey and the deeper aspects of a woman's life. Do you feel an inner tugging of the heart? A desire to live deeper and connect more fully? Aspire magazine features inspiring articles, interviews, and more, and is the premier inspirational and spiritual publication for women. Aspire magazine, inspiration for a woman's soul. Subscribe today at aspiremag.net and have inspiration delivered right to your door. The Fair Trade certified logo on a label offers consumers a simple way to know that the product was produced in a responsible manner. It's your guarantee that there was a fair and responsible exchange of labor for a fair wage. Buying only fairly traded products is a socially responsible, enlightened message you send saying you vote for a win-win for everyone on this planet. 
This message has been brought to you by Equal Exchange. For more information, visit EqualExchange.com. More choices, more topics, more shows. One station. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. I'll ground control to Major Tom right here on the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I have John Ringo in the house. We're talking about science fiction and much more. We're talking about how we relate to what once was seen as science fiction uh, and once we've known to grow up and think was unreal to a day and age now where electronics and gadgets, all of this and much more, have, have factored into our everyday lives. And so John is here, best-selling author, as I've said before. Much of the information about his, who he is and his books can be found on his website, johnringo.com. And so before the break, John, I was, I was talking about The Matrix. When The Matrix came out, I think that people were split into a couple of different camps. I think there was the camp where people were, this is like, wow, the greatest sci-fi, whatever you want to call it, movie ever. Then there was the other group that split out that said, this is way too violent for anybody to get anything out of it. And then there was the spiritual group that said, oh my gosh, there is spiritual, there are spiritual messages in every aspect of this. What was your take on that, and what has Hollywood done since that movie? Um, my take, I, I, I get into a lot of spiritual areas, but my take is almost invariably a pragmatic one on anything. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the, the problem that I had with Matrix was, was that the Matrix was, was one of the very few at that time science fiction movies that really hit the mainstream hard. Yeah. So suddenly people who were totally unaware of the field of science fiction, other than being exposed to it in high school through some books that they'd hated, were suddenly asking science fictional questions. And since I was, you know, the only science fiction person around that they knew, they would ask me the science fictional questions. <laughs> so my take on The Matrix was, one, <clears throat> no, we are not, in fact, all batteries. <laughs> <laughs> because the energy flow equations don't actually work. <laughs> <laughs> but none of us who watched that movie wanted to go to that level of reality, actually. <laughs> um, but The Matrix was, the original Matrix was very much written. It was one of those stories which was a long-term thought process part of the writers. It was not uh -huh. something that they just cranked out. This is something that they've been thinking about since they were kids. Mm. And, and that was one of the reasons that the original Matrix was so very, very rich and detailed. Um, uh, I will not get into the later ones at all. Um, but the original Matrix was a, a, a stellar concept, very, very well executed. And it did raise a lot of spiritual issues. Um, if you took everything that was in it as a metaphor. <laughs> exactly. And, and, um, and there are people that did. And, and yeah, and, and there, were a lot of, there were a lot of very interesting spiritual issues uh, associated with it. 
But a lot of it really came down to the the, the simple, you know, COVID ergo soon. Uh, Descartes is, is, you know, I think therefore I am, uh-huh. which was one of four of Descartes' uh, postulates. Um, the second being, therefore I am a thinking being. I can't remember the third. And the fourth one being, therefore there is a God. Um, but uh, I, I, it really felt like the Matrix, I was expecting Matrix 2 and Matrix 3 to actually build on the Descartes theorem um, because it, it was a very Descartian environment. Mm. Um, and they did not. So, right. you know, apparently they were not drawing from the same place that I would have drawn from. Um, but uh, it, it was a very, very fascinating take on uh, the human reaction to the sudden change, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but but mine was my my approach was very pragmatic. Um, I didn't get into the metaphysical to to a great degree with the uh, the matrix. Um, and my pragmatic was sorry the energy flow equation didn't work. <laughs> right. We don't produce enough electricity for that to work. <laughs> Our bodies don't produce enough electricity for that to work. <laughs> yeah, it has been the theme of so many movies. It, you know, if we go, if we take a look back, I think The Matrix kind of brought, uh, for me, some of the movies I watched growing up where uh, th- there was a reference to our bodies being energy sources for other beings. I mean, you know, the conversation goes on and on and on again in, in a lot of different ways. But from, you know, the way that we have evolved and how smart we've gotten, uh, it was hard for people to really look at it from a pragmatic point of view. So many of us that got drawn into it were drawn in for other reasons. Well. One of the one of the you know concepts going back to uh, um, originally actually prior to the Golden Bow is that the question of is there an immutable God um, and you know now we're 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 really getting off into you know the metaphysical area but is there an immutable God? And, th- and if there is, therefore, what is the purpose of, of human beings? And, and one particular strain of pantheism and metaphysism, uh, sorry, I just, uh, theology, um, states that one of the reasons for worship is because in that way we, it is not that God empowers us, but that we empower God. Mm. Um, and, you know, that is... M- that is metaphysically very close to the matrix with the matrix actually being you know the the electronics that they're fighting actually being god you see what i'm saying absolutely um so in that way they the it can actually be seen as a version of the rebel of the um, the rebellion of the angels against god um you know in the fall and all of that um that was, you know, that is that is one particular take that I have seen on it. Um, but it's one of those movies that, that does have so much to it, and yet is is so opaque in many ways that you can draw anything that you want from it. And I think done on purpose. I mean, when we look at what's being created right now, John, and the work that you do and the books that you write, you know, where are we in terms of what our next great sci-fi fantasy will be? Well... 
I, I actually am I'm a little confused by that question. <laughs> well, for me... And I don't want to be Miss South Carolina, so go ahead and restate it. Well, uh, well <laughs> you, we're watching way too much television. <laughs> hey, that well, was on YouTube. I don't watch yeah. TV at all. If it isn't on YouTube, I don't watch <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the question. Okay. Some people thought, we've done The Matrix... It doesn't get any better than this. Uh, and so the question I'm asking is, what is, what are we going to be now, next? What's next on the horizon? You know, is it another Star Trek movie? You know, where do we go in this world okay, of sci-fi? From yeah. the point of view of, of what's going to be the next thing that hits and is uh, and yeah. a tremendous hit, well, it's going to be a book. Uh, it's going to be a movie made from one of my books. Um, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you going to tell us which one as we wrap up here? Yeah, um, my guess would be that the next one is going to be more along the lines of, of a Star Wars type environment. Um, something which is what's called a Bildungsroman, uh, a coming of age story. I got um, it. And uh, which still has metaphysical aspect to it, but will be a little bit more straightforward than Matrix. All right, you'll have to stay tuned, everyone, to find out more. JohnRingo.com is the website. Don't touch that dial. Carrie O'Connor coming up. We'll see you tomorrow. Man.